Well, good evening, everyone. And welcome to Camp Meeting 2023. We're just so on thrilled to have you here. Praise the Lord. We welcome and greet each and every one of you that took time out to come out tonight. Uh, we want to welcome all those watching uh, via live stream all over the world, whether it's live or in archive services. We want to encourage you to believe God, that we believe that God will speak to you through the airways, through the internet, and uh, you'll be blessed. And uh, we want to especially uh, thank all the pastors for coming out. I know the last thing a pastor wants to do is to go into another church service and, and uh, hear another sermon. Praise the Lord. So thank you, pastors. Thank you for announcing uh, these meetings. And uh, just about all the pastors uh, are represented here. The congregations are represented here. And so we're grateful, of course, not our church in um, Spain, but I um, trust that they'll be watching. And so, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. And just a, a little note to our pastors here. I, I want to encourage you to get into meetings as often as you can. You know, it, uh, 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 there's a dangerous slip for a pastor just to, to preach and teach and, you know, have a, a congregation and never go to a meeting himself. You know what that's like? It's like one of your church members never going to your church. You, you have to be a good example. A pastor needs to go to church as well. Now, I'm not just saying this that way you come to my meeting. I'm talking about get, get out, get in the meetings, and uh, whoever feeds you, whoever uh, stirs you up spiritually, get in those meetings. And uh, I tell you that there's, there's great and rich dividends when you honor God like that. I, I've known uh, throughout the years that, you know, there's continual prayer projects and faith projects that Nancy and I have. And, you know, we're praying, we believe in God, and of course, we, we'd like the manifestation, we'd like the answer to happen, you know, in our living room, in our bedroom, in our home, in our church services. But very often, uh, the answer comes is when we honor God to go hear someone else, to pay expense and interrupt our busy schedules to hear. And so, the Bible says this, when uh, we honor Him, He honors us. And so, that's why I want to encourage pastors ministers, those that are watching, uh, uh, to be careful uh, not to get in a trap of, you know, I just have my congregation, but you need to grow as well and be encouraged as well. So I want to encourage all of you uh, pastors and ministers, and also I want to encourage you to bring ministry gifts into your church. I mean, you know, the Bible says that God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints and, you know, for the work of the ministry. You know, a pastor can't do it himself. Now, I understand if your church is small, you're kind of limited in those areas, but uh, if you can, get a guest minister. Again, I'm not saying have me in. Don't have me in. Have someone else in. Amen. Get someone in because uh, th th there's grace. There's deposits that your people need that you know, I, I don't mean to devaluate the, the pastoral, but you just can't give them. God gave us the whole body of Christ. Now, don't get me wrong. The pastor is the most important voice to a congregation. There's no higher authority in uh, the church, the local church and the pastor. But uh, I want to encourage you pastors, because that's part of my job, mentoring, training, leading pastors as well, to have um, ministry gifts in. So, everyone say commercial over, smile real big. And, you know, I, I believe uh, some things for these meetings and, you know, praying. We've been seeking the Lord and, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And something very interesting that uh, I believe the Lord gave me, that in this meeting, it'll be a reset for many of us. 
a reset. Now, um, if we would have said that like 50 years ago, what is a reset? But most of us have gadgets, you know, a phone and so forth. You ever have a phone and it's just not working right? It's not responding right, or it's just a little slow. Maybe an app isn't working as it should. And, you know, you're getting a little frustrated with your phone. You're, you're ready to chuck it out the window. And, you know, you, you call tech support, and it says, uh, just reset it. Start, you know, shut it off and start again. Reset it. Then when you reset it, you know, all the defaults come into place. And lo and behold, things are working correctly. And uh, as they should, I believe that's what's going to happen to many of us here. Just a reset. Have you, uh, you know, in prayer just seemed like, man, it's been so hard, so hard to pray. Or it just seems like I'm not really making my connection with God. Or it's just been very hard to pray or hard to read my Bible. Or maybe I'm just, I just don't know what God has for me. I, I thought I did and just kind of got cloudy and shady. Well, these meetings, uh, I believe by the word of the Lord, will be a reset to you. You know, you're going to get answers. You're going to get direction. You're going to be refreshed. You're going to be blessed. And, uh, and, you know, you've honored God by coming. And I believe God is going to honor you by giving you what you need. Praise the Lord. So let's just believe God together. Everything He wants to said to be said, everything wants done to be done. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 2. I usually use that as an opening text for my meetings or these special meetings because it's a great place to start and it also tells us why we're here and what we're doing in these meetings. But you all know this as you're turning that there is three parts to every church service. There's a Godward part. You know, God has a plan and purpose for every service. There's a manward part. There, there is a preacher's part that the preacher must hear from heaven to hear what God wants to say and say it and obey God. And, uh, but there's a third part, which really is the most important part, is the congregation to respond, to, to hunger, to thirst, to, to make a demand for the ministry offices. We know this in Mark chapter 6, that Jesus went to his hometown and it said this, he could there do no mighty work. Imagine that. Jesus, the Son of God, who came to save the world, went to his hometown, tried to have a meeting, tried to obey God, and he couldn't do anything in his hometown. So that tells us that uh, God just doesn't do anything that he wants to do without cooperation. Here, uh, God had a plan for the people of Nazareth. Jesus wanted to obey God's plan and fulfill God's plan. And imagine that, that God and Jesus ganged up on the people of Nazareth and had a tug of war and the people of Nazareth won. Yeah. You, what do I mean tug of war? That God wanted to give something, do something and bless them, but the people didn't want to receive from them and here God and Jesus could do no mighty work and so I always like to bring that out in the meetings because uh, we have a big part to play I would hate to see anyone come here and leave and not get your answer and so um, you know I will endeavor to obey God what God says what God has given me you know and we know that God has something to say to all of us but you have the most important part to hunger to thirst or draw on the gift of God. And let's just let God be God. And let God do what He wants, say what He wants, and, and bless us as He wants. Have you found Revelation chapter 2? In the book of Revelation chapter 2, 
We see a phrase that Jesus said to every church. We understand in chapter 2 and chapter 3 of the book of Revelation that the apostle John was given a visitation by an angel and by the Lord Jesus himself and was given a message to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And each message uh, had some some things that were same and there's some things that were different in each church. But something he said to each church in the book of Revelation, and I'm just going to pick out uh, this one in verse 29, Revelation 2, uh, 29. He that has ears to hear, who he, ha- he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, the reason I like to use that as a text uh, whenever we have the Holy Ghost meetings or camp meeting, because it tells us our purpose. I don't know about you, but I don't like meetings just for the sake of meetings. I don't do these things. You know what? They do it, they do it in Tulsa. They do it in California. Hey, why don't we just kind of do it here? You know, I, I'm not that way. I uh, Actually, I don't want any meetings unless God's in the meeting. You know, I... You know, unless the knowing is there, unless there's a plan and purpose for every service. And so, I like us to look at this, that um, first of all, Jesus has a message for the universal church. Jesus is speaking to every church in America, every church in the world. And corporately, as the body of Christ, he has something he is saying in this hour, in this time. But also very interesting, we, we see here that Jesus has an individual message for each church. So Jesus recognizes the local church. And it's very interesting, if you wanted to hear what God was saying to you, you had to go to church to hear what God was saying. Notice Jesus uh, speaks to the churches. He has a, a message for each, each individual church. And primarily he'll use the pastor, the pastor office to deliver that message. And he'll use the local church to, to be a place where he can speak and work into your lives. And we know this, that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so Jesus will speak to the universal church. He'll speak to individual churches and to the pastor. But he will also speak to each and every one of us. We know that is our right as a son of God to be led, to be directed, to be guided. God said, I will instruct you. I will guide you. You know, he gave us the spirit of God to guide us into all truth. So the spirit of God's job is to lead us into all truth. So he's speaking, he's leading, he's guiding. And what I want to draw your attention to, it's never our job to try to get God to talk to us. And we're going about wrong. Here, uh, Jesus is saying, hear what I'm saying. And too many times we're saying, God, God, say something. Speak to me. Speak to me. You know, give me a word. Give me this. You know, you don't need to ever ask God to speak. He's always speaking. He's always directing. But what did Jesus say here? He that has an ear to hear... Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so our job is not trying to get God to talk to us. He's going to talk to us. Our job is what? To hear. To hear and respond to what he says. And so that's what we've done in these meetings. That's what we're doing in these meetings. Is we are here to hear what he's saying. 
Um, Kenneth Hagin, my spiritual father, I know that he's no longer on the scene, but I will quote him until, you know, my job assignment is over because I was supernaturally connected to him. And so I use a lot of his illustrations and, and things that the Lord has taught him. And in 1987, before his camp meeting, he, was, he had a visitation of the Lord, and that's where we got the book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And Jesus began to uh, tell Brother Hagen and gave a message for the church what was necessary, what was needed for the church to cooperate with the Lord. And it's very interesting, Jesus was saying this, that, uh, that he was trying to do some things in the body of Christ. He was trying to, to get some things done, but he needed his church to cooperate with him. Unless the church would learn to cooperate with him, uh, that he wouldn't be able to get the things done that he'd like done in the church. And I know that's hard for people with religious thinking, but we have to understand that uh, not only do we need the Lord, but the Lord needs us. He is the head, we are the body. No matter how much the, the mind or the head would want to do something, it can't do something unless the body responds. You know, there's a, a bottle of Fiji water right over there. If I were to say it and thought to myself, you know, I'm very thirsty, I, I need a drink of water. But, and that may be the, a dictate and command of my head, but if my body doesn't respond, I mean, no, my body don't get the water. My, my head needs my body. And the same thing, uh, Jesus needs each and every one of us to hear, to heed, and to listen. And Jesus in that revelation told Brother Hagin that, uh, you know, that God is talking, God is doing things. And if you read that book and highlight this, it's a, a, the theme all through the uh, sayings of Jesus in that book. He said this, that my people don't take time. Don't take time to listen. My ministers don't take time to listen. And I find that very interesting. You know, we want to hear from heaven, but what is required? We have to take time to do that. And so what are we doing in these meetings? We are taking time to listen. I've taken weeks and weeks. I prayed. I sought the Lord. I've taken time to hear what the plan and purpose is for this meeting. So I, by the grace of God, will communicate that plan and purpose. But also you have taken time out of your busy schedules. There might be something exciting on Netflix tonight, or maybe, maybe your in-laws invite you over to babysit for them and you had to turn them down. You know, you know and so you suffered for Jesus to, to come here. You've taken the time to hear. And so we're going to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And um, with that, as an introduction, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 9. Again, we're hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. What is He saying to us? What is He saying to the famine churches? What is He saying to us as individual churches? What is He saying to us as an individual child of God? Amen. And uh, in praying and, and seeking the Lord and asking Him, and uh, whenever we have meetings like this, you know, I, I seek the Lord you know, weeks in advance, sometimes months in advance, and just put it on my radar and talk to them and take time, sometimes fast and pray, Lord, what, what are you saying to us? We want to hear from heaven. I don't want to just give a, give a message. I want to give your message. I want to give your words. And so during this time of seeking the Lord, uh, it seemed like I was directed to this portion of Scripture. 
And uh, as I read and meditated on the scripture, it seemed like the things that were rolling in my heart to want to communicate with you in these three services can be found in this portion of scripture. So we're going to believe God. We're going to look at them and uh, trust the Lord for utterance. And so let's look at Luke chapter 9, verses uh, 27 through 36. But I tell you of a truth, this is Jesus speaking, that there are some standing here which shall not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up to a mountain to pray. As he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease that should be accomplished in Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. Not knowing what he said, While thus he spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone, and they kept it close and told no man in those days of anything of which they had seen. So here we read... Uh, the account, what we, we call the, the transfiguration of Jesus. We see that uh, Jesus goes up to a mountain with Peter, James, and John. He prays. Uh, the glory comes. His countenance is changed. His raiment is changed. There is a visitation of heaven. There's direction uh, from heaven. And uh, I believe in this account that there are some things that God is saying to us, the Spirit of God is saying to all of us in these last days. So what we're going to do is look at it verse by verse and just trust the Holy Ghost to, to weave through these things and to speak in each and every one of us. I like something that Charles Cap said. Uh, I remember him saying in a camp meeting, he said this, what the Holy Ghost says to you about what I say is more important than what I say unto you. Yeah, and how true that is. And uh, pastors know that, you know, being with the people. I mean, they, they may be teaching on marriage and family and someone has a financial need and uh, they get their answer. You know, something the pastor says that wasn't pertaining directly to them, but the Holy Ghost said something about what the pastor said that was their answer. And so I'm trusting for that, for all of you, for your reset, for your direction, whatever you need in your life, spiritually, uh, physically, financially, that, uh, that what the Holy Ghost will say to you about what I say will even be more important than the words I say. I trust that my words will have some importance, some relevance in your life, but uh, we want to hear what, not just what the pastor is saying, but what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. And so let's start with verse 1. 
which is verse 27. I call it the first verse, but it's verse 27. Jesus said this, but I tell you of a truth. There are some standing here that shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. What is this verse? What is this verse saying? Well, this verse is a prophecy or a word of wisdom. Jesus, by the Spirit of God, was telling his disciples what is coming. Jesus saw into the Spirit, he looked into the future, and he is proclaiming what is going to happen. Not only did he tell them that something was going to happen, but he said that some of you are going to see what is going to happen. So with that, I begin to ask the Lord, what is coming for us? What is down the pike for us? What is happening in the body of Christ? What are you doing? What are your plans and your purposes for us? What is ahead? What are you saying to us? And so there are several components here about what is coming what we should be ready for, what we should be embracing at this time. Well, in a general sense, in a broad sense, of course, all of us should be preparing for the coming of the Lord. That's coming. Yeah, we, we can readily see that here, that, uh, you know, here Jesus said, hey, some of you are, are going to see the kingdom of God and other gospels has come with power, and we know that Jesus was transfigured before them. How many know the Bible tells us that we're going to be transfigured in a blinking of an eye? Um, just for reference, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 51 through 52, but I show you a mystery, we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkle of the eye at the last trump. The trumpet shall sound and dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be what? Changed. So Jesus was telling them something's coming and you're going to be changed and some of you are going to experience it. You're going to see it firsthand. Well, I can dare say that many of us are going to be alive when Jesus comes. And we're, we're going to experience this twinkling eye. Isn't it going to be great? Yeah. Glory to God. In a twinkling, boom! All of a sudden, we're Superman, Superwoman. You know, you know, be able to walk through walls, walk on water, breathe underwater, travel at the speed of thought. And that, that's what happened up in the Holy Mount. Jesus was transfigured before them. And, uh, and Jesus was saying, that's going to happen to some of you. And we understand through the scriptures that uh, Jesus is coming. Now, why do I always talk about the coming Lord? Well, I'm, I'm a witness to this. You've heard my stories. I'm going to tell it again and again because uh, the Holy Ghost told me I'm a witness to this generation that, that I will be held in the day of judgment of whether I tell these things or not in order to what? Get people ready. And so uh, we are a generation waiting. I mean, we could we can look at the we look at Israel becoming a nation. You know, Jesus said, when you see that, and when you see Jerusalem come back into the hands of the Jews, know this: that generation is going to see my coming. And there, the signs and everything points to this. But um, you've heard me say that when I was born, um, I, I knew two things that were 
branded in my heart, in my spirit. Number one, I knew I was called to the ministry. It was not something my parents put into me. It was not saying, oh, he might make a preacher this day. Uh, we, we weren't Christians. We were Catholic, but we weren't Christians. And uh, uh, it just wasn't talked about, you know, but there was something in me. I, I knew I was called and that I would be in the ministry. Well, that part came to pass. I mean, oh, the Lord knew what he was talking about. He, he took a, a, a silly old, you know, country boy and made him into a preacher. So that part came to pass. But right along with that, I knew I was called, but um, ever since I, I was a babe, my earliest uh, memories, I knew that I would be in the ministry when Jesus came. Not only did that, I don't know if babies can have visions or not. I, I don't know. But I've always had this picture in my spirit ever since I was a baby. I saw myself and I was preaching to people, multitudes, uh, on a natural level that I could see, you know, here. But there was also a balcony I saw. And in the balcony, I saw the coming of the Lord. And so I think it's very interesting that the church we're in has a balcony. Praise the Lord. But I believe the balcony means the heavenly. You know, the saints are going to come with him. The, cha- the saints are going to be changed first. And so in one, as- one aspect, we-, we ought to be preparing and looking. The Bible says this is the blessed hope of the church. I'm here to tell you Jesus is coming. And we, we need to be ready. He's coming for a glorious church. And uh, these things are coming. But... Um, there are other things that are coming that I believe that are more uh, centralized and, and, and more, uh, you know, we understand the coming of the Lord, but uh, more uh, prophetic for our time. And what is that? That before Jesus comes, there's got to be a mighty revival in the world. Now, why do we know that? Because the Bible teaches that. James chapter 5 and verse 7, it says, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruits of the earth, and he has long patience for it till he received the early and latter rain. Be patient, establish your heart for what the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So we see in these verses the Lord is, is waiting to come. He wants to come, but he's waiting for something to come in first. What? The precious fruits of the earth. He's waiting for a great harvest. You know, he's waiting for his house to be full. And so it's important for understand the mind of God that Jesus wants to come. He wants to take us out, but he's waiting for some. What is he waiting? He's waiting for more people to be born again. And he's waiting for the precious fruits of the earth. I mean, you know, people are the precious fruits of the earth. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't come before you were born again? Aren't you glad that right now you weren't deciding where you're going to take the mark of the beast or not? Thank God you got in and and, uh, you're precious to him. You're part of the precious fruits of the earth, but there are many, many in darkness that he's waiting for. But notice in this verse, uh, he is waiting for the precious fruits of the earth. Then he says, until he received the early and latter rain, that uh, the rain must come. And we know that's a move of the Spirit. We know that you can have the best ground and 
plant the best seed, but those seeds won't grow unless there's rain or there's water and the same thing. I'm sure all of us experienced, we've witnessed, we testified and seemed like it came on deaf ears and uh, you, you shared and shared, nothing happened. But blessed be God when the rain comes, when the move of God comes, the water will hit those seeds and will flourish. Uh, Dr. Scott Webb, happened to be in Israel during a fulfillment of prophecy. The, the, the prophecy said that the desert would bloom again. You know, in the desert, nothing grows. Because why? There's no water. It's just, you know, sand and, and, and barren. Nothing can grow out there. And for years and years, seeds had fallen on, on the desert. And of course, there's no water. It doesn't grow. But, but through an act of God, the rains came upon that desert. And you know what happened? Every seed that was sowed bloomed and grew. Blessed be God. And so our labor is not in vain. Even though we're sharing and testifying, witnessing, we trust that you're doing that. You're going to see the full harvest of your sowing, of the seeds, but both I saw that not only, not only with people, but also financially in other seeds you've sown. The full harvest will come. Why? When the rains fall upon the seeds. And so he's waiting for the precious fruits of the earth. And of course, you know, the end time move of God has to happen before the coming Lord. Because the coming Lord will only come when the harvest is in. Um, and in this last day move of God, God has told us many, many things. First of all, in the Bible, of course, James says he's waiting for it. But I always like Haggai uh, 2.9. It said this, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former house. You know, what is the former house? In my opinion, it is the book of Acts. We read the book of Acts, we see the miracles, we see the, 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 the lightnings of God, the testimony of, of multitudes. Imagine this, day of Pentecost, what, 3,000 3, people got saved through an act of God. Someone got healed in the church parking lot, 5,000 people got uh, added to the Lord. And so you just see this explosive growth and signs and miracles and wonders. Well, Haggai 2.9 says, the glory of the latter house shall be greater. Again, why am I sh sharing these things? It's for a purpose. It's to be a witness. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It will come to pass. And uh, we need to talk about it. We know Acts chapter 2, it says, It shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I'll pour out, pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. God said before his coming that he's going to do signs, miracles, wonders. And, you know, that he'll do signs in heaven above, signs in earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor, and smoke. And it says what? Before that great and notable day of the Lord come. So Acts chapter 2, Joel's prophecy talks about an outpouring that will happen before the coming of the Lord. The day of Pentecost was the early rain, but this last day move of God will be the latter rain. And so it's coming. And so Jesus, when he was caught up in, in the Mount of Transfiguration, he, he was, he, before it happened, he prophesied it. He was telling people, this is what is coming. You know, I've been a, a student of revival and uh, what, what been told us, not only does the scripture very clear, you know, that there'll be times of refreshing before the coming of the Lord, but the prophets uh, for the last hundred years have been prophesying about the end 
time move of God. It's coming, brothers and sisters. It's coming. We know this, William Seymour, uh, the Azusa Street. If you ever study Azusa Street, if you maybe heard about it, you you ought to read uh, some material about it, the miracles. It was simply amazing that uh, in in a, a very pretty much run down building God would show up and God would show up so strong the glory would be so strong that children would play hide and seek in the glory it's so bright so strong but that that was just the part of it in the glory they would minister to the sick and where people didn't have arms arms grew out where people didn't have eyes eyes were created there were creative miracles outstanding miracles in Azusa Street and uh, brother Seymour who was the head of that and kind of God used him during that time he prophesied he says a hundred years from now God's not just going to move in this church, but He's going to move worldwide in all the churches. And this revival, Azusa Street, will pale in comparison to the move of God that will be a hundred years from now. Pale in comparison. Why? Why are you telling us it? Because it's coming. It's coming. Because it's scriptural prep. You got to say it. You got to say it before what? You see, notice when God, when it was dark on the face of the earth, uh, God didn't wait to see it before He said it. He said it, then He saw it. And so we're saying it because we're going to see it. This generation will see it. That many of you will be in it. Many of you will experience it. Many of you will be changed. You know, and uh, Smith Wigglesworth you know, if you read, and thank God for YouTube, I, I was just looking in YouTube uh, earlier today, make sure I got my facts right, that uh, Lester Summerall, when he was 20, in his 20s, began to visit Smith Wigglesworth, who was in his 80s, and uh, very, very often would frequent in his house, and some amazing things happened in those transactions. One of my favorite was the first time that Smith, young Smith Wigglesworth, uh, Lester Summerall visited Smith Wigglesworth, that uh, he came all dressed up. He had an umbrella in one hand and a, a newspaper in the other arm here. And he knocked on Smith Wigglesworth's door and Smith Wigglesworth opens the door and he scans young Lester Summerall, Lester Summerall and says, what's that? Uh, excuse me, sir? What's that? What's that under your arm? Uh, a newspaper, sir. And he said, lies, it's full of lies. I don't allow lies in my house. You can't come in my house without lies. And so he had to shove the newspaper in the bushes before he allowed Lester Sermon in. And so I find that kind of interesting. I like Smith Wigglesworth. He raised uh, over 23 people from the dead. He had signs, miracles, and wonders. Uh, and God moved wherever he was. And notice the type of life that he lived. He wouldn't allow a newspaper. What, what, what are some things we're allowing in our house? I wonder why God don't show up. But uh, we won't go there. No condo bondo. But uh, I think it's, it's worth pondering. It's worth pondering. Food for thought. Amen. Amen. You know, and so I just know personally the Lord says you got to give those things up to have heavenly things. Yeah, so I said, all right, yeah, those are earthly entertainment, all that stuff. I'm, I want the heavenly stuff. And so I'm not telling you you need to do that. How many know we hear what the Spirit of God is saying to our hearts? But how many know that I said that by the inspiration of the Lord? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't have time to read. I don't have time to pray. But, you know, we have time for 
the news. We have time for this sitcom, that sitcom. All right, let's get back here that, you know, I want a good offering. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I mean, know that we're being led to the Holy Ghost. Say, you're believing God, and that may not be an answer you wanted, but you got your answer. All right. But nevertheless, when uh, Hitler was invading Europe, and of course, uh, young Lester Sharmal, being an American, was asked to leave the country. And so he went to visit Smith Wigglesworth for the last time. And this is, you can see this on YouTube. Lester Summers recorded this, that uh, Smith Wizard hugged him and embraced him and, and uh, blessed him. says, let all the faith that's in me be in this young man. Let all the gifts of spirit that's in me be in this young man. Uh, all the revelation of God that I know be in this young man. Wouldn't you like to be Lester Summerall? And he said, hot tears were falling from Smith Wigglesworth's face and, and fell on his forehead as he embraced him and ran down his eyes and on his body. Wow. I probably would never wash my face after that. <laughs> you know, praise the Lord. But, uh, but when he, he did that, he, he saw, just like Jesus saw the future, he said, I see it. I see it. And he began to prophesy about the moves of God. And, you know, he prophesied about the charismatic revival. He prophesied about the word of faith revival. He says, in the last day move, when the word and the spirit come together, it will be a worldwide movement that will usher in the coming of the Lord. And he said this, uh, the, it, the people getting saved in this last time, last day movement, it would be uncountable. So many people coming into the kingdom, you cannot number it. And he said the dead are going to be raised, blind eyes. And he began to say about all the miracles. Now why am I saying I'm a witness? It's coming. It's coming. Jesus told disciples before the Mount of Transfiguration, it's coming, it's coming, and many of you are going to experience it. You know, uh, I, I wish all of you would, would take the time, and uh, you can Google this. Uh, I think we've had it on our website. Uh, Tommy Hicks's vision. Uh, he, he had a dream, a vision. It, it happened three times where he saw the church as a sleeping giant. As long as the church was sleeping, we're going to get into some of that maybe uh, tomorrow or if not Thursday. Uh, as long as the church was sleeping, it said that debris covered this giant. And there's these low creatures like demons and so forth. But when the church arose, it shook off the dirt, shook off the little creatures, and, and began to rise. And when it reached its hand into heaven, light came into being and became strong, came uh, vibrant. And, it, and then began to unveil and unfold the last day move of God about the miracle signs and, and people coming to the Lord. And it talks about the glorious end day church and then in the height of the revival as people are being born again being healed Jesus is going to call his church what home he's coming for a glorious church that's why I can tell you Jesus isn't coming tomorrow he's coming for a glorious church a church full of the glory but I would encourage you to to read that again what am I doing I'm doing what Jesus said there are many of you that not taste death till you see this come to pass. Brothers and sisters, this is what's coming down the pike. I, I'll just give one more. I can go on and on, but um, America's Last Call, uh, 
Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, as he was caught up to heaven uh, in that tent meeting, September 2nd, 1950. Um, he had a visitation before he received the healing anointing. And, uh, and in this visitation, it's about a scroll that was given to him. And the scroll that was written in the first person, it seemed as Jesus himself were speaking and read, America is receiving her last call. Some nations already have received their last call and will not receive another. That's worthy of pondering and meditation. Where are we in that timeline? Would you like to know? That's another series. All right. Even in larger print, it said, the time of the end of all things is at hand. This is again September 2nd, 1950. This statement was repeated four or five times. Jesus also said this was a last day great revival. And he went on to say, Jesus said this, all the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation in the church in these last days. The church will do greater things even than the early church did. It will have greater power, greater signs and wonders that recorded in the Acts of the Apostles. Jesus said, we have seen and experienced many healings. This is during the healing revival. But we will now behold amazing miracles which have not been seen before. This is Jesus saying. Jesus continued, more and more miracles will be performed in the last days which are just ahead. For it is time the gift of the working miracles will be more in prominence. We have now entered the era of the miraculous. And he goes on and says, many of my own people will not accept the moving of the Spirit. How many now just shy away if, if there's any move? They don't like it, they shy away. Notice what Jesus said here. That, that many of my own people will not accept the moving of my spirit and will turn back and not be ready to meet me at my coming. That's worthy of meditation. You know, part of my job is to get people ready for the coming Lord. March 26, 2006, I was caught into heaven. Jesus said, I'm coming soon. Get ready. Did it two times. That means he told me my job was to what? Get people ready for his coming. And here Jesus said that a move of God must be prevalent in the body of Christ in order to get God's people ready. Without a move of spirit in their life, they will not be ready to meet him at his coming. Now, I'm not saying that you won't go to heaven. That's, that's between you and Jesus to decide that. But uh, we know this, a move of the spirit must be in the church to get its church ready. How, how many you know when, when God is present, you want to live right? You know, I've often said this. Remember, like, when Doctor was alive and when Kenneth Hagin would be alive? And, uh, you know, Brother Hagin would do this. I'm going to use you, Pastor Tim. He'd be teaching the congregation. Then he'd look down and begin to teach. And Brother Hagin said just about everyone he touched, he knew about their stuff. But he didn't say it. How many know when you had a prophet in the house like that? When you came to church, you repented every sin you committed since childhood. <laughs> and like a certain red-headed preacher I know that writes books, I won't mention his name, but it ends in Siegel. He said, not only did I repent of the sins I ever committed, I repented of the sins I never committed, just to make sure. I mean, you know, that makes you clean. Remember the days of Ananias and Sapphira. 
They lied to the preacher. What happened? They fell dead. And what happened? Great fear came upon the people. And many signs and wonders were done by the hands of the apostles. And so, again, that's why there has to be a move of God. Because, you know, people lie. People chill. It's a white lie. People, you know come casually to church without a fear and reverence of God. That's because they have not seen God. They haven't seen the presence of God. I'm reminded of a vision I had. Now, I don't like to always refer to visions, but the Lord gives them to me. Most of my visions, I never tell people uh, about them unless the Lord tells me. I, I remember one time I, was, uh, I had a vision and I was in my mentoring class. And I, I was drilling them about living right, serving God, running your race, you know, take the high road as I always do. Part of my calling whenever ministers get around me, it causes them to what? Come up higher, you know, to, to be more consecrated, more dedicated, and more committed to the Lord. And so I'm drilling my mentoring class, and, 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 and this is a vision. In comes a, a guy in, in, in Bermuda shorts and flip-flops in a... Uh, Tommy Bahama shirt type shirt, bleached highlights with sunglasses on. And he goes like this and like this. Now, if you're 40 and older, you know what this means. The Fonzie, what? Yeah. Hey, you're cool. You're cool. And so here he, he's like this and he's walking in and we're training people for the end time, you know, work of God and we're serious about it. And he comes in and he thinks he's the coolest thing. And he has the sunglasses on like I'm so cool. I'm the, I'm the move of God. And he represents the casual modern day church. I knew that by the Spirit of God. And when he came in, I pointed to him. And I said this, how many people were truly converted in your meetings and not just say a prayer? And when I said this, sunglasses came off and he was shocked. And how many people, and I went down about a move of God and, and the help of the people and, and the difference between a true move of God and what they call the move of God. And every time I spoke to him, his eyes that were shut got more and more open. And after I was done, he realized I'm not in the move of God at all. I was deceived. Remember, Jesus said many will be deceived. The end day casual move, that's a deception of the church. And, uh, and I thought, you know, thought that would have been a good ending for the vision. But in the vision, I saw myself and I saw their heart. And I saw that it wasn't this young man's fault. He was just following the leadership of his church. And I said, I, I, I don't fault you. Because you only know what you've been told. And then the vision disappeared. Yeah. See, there needs to be an end time move of God. That way, we're right. We're straight. Uh, we're holy. We're consecrated. We're dedicated. All right. I, I haven't even got to uh, any of my points yet. But I got three days. Praise the Lord. Uh, many of my own people will not accept the moving. Back to Brother Hagen. Remember, we left off with Brother Hagen. The moving of my spirit will turn back, not be ready to meet me at my coming. They'll be deceived by false prophets, miracles of satanic or, origin. But follow the word of God and the spirit of God in me, and you'll not be deceived. I'm gathering my own together. I'm preparing them for what? The time is short. So I'm just being a witness like Jesus. Jesus is coming. 
I'm being a witness. There must be an end time move of God. I'm being a witness in this end time move of God. There will be miracles, signs, and wonders that the world has not yet seen. The church will be dedicated, consecrated. And again, this has to take place. It has to take place. Because the church is not ready to meet the Lord. Yes, we're the righteousness of God, but we're not the glorious church. So there must be an end time move of God. Now, I'm going to start a point. My time is slipping away. That's only one verse. And how many verses do we have? Okay, that's one verse. But let's look at something. Verse 27, I tell you the truth, there are some staying here shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Of course, it will not happen unless it's spoken. And for things to happen, they must be spoken and people will not prepare for it. And uh, there's one other thing that I must share that's coming that would be of deep interest to all of us. We know there's an end time move of God. The, the Bible says so. We know the prophets have spoken. You know, my, my spiritual daddy, uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne, had a vision and said all the gifts of spirit will be in operation. And all the ministry gifts will be in full potential power. And uh, uh, amazing things. But on October 18th, 2014, I think this is the first time I really shared this publicly, I was caught up in a vision. And this vision, I, I was with many of our pastors and, and ministers, and we were having a prayer meeting. And in prayer, the word of the Lord came into me as we we're praying. Now, what is the word of the Lord? It's the audible voice of the Holy Spirit. I know some people may get an inward impression or still saw a voice. I don't consider those the word of the Lord. Uh, I, I consider Brother Hagin's definition and the Bible definition, the word of the Lord is the audible voice of the Spirit of God. And so, in this vision, we're in a prayer meeting. And that you've you got to take note, it's in a prayer meeting. This has happened and in, in will lead to some other things that we'll be sharing uh, maybe tomorrow night and Thursday night. And the word of the Lord came on me. Son of man, prophesy thou to this nation. Now, you know, there's different levels of prophets. It wasn't until uh, 20, uh, I would say 2010, that I began to, I don't know, I got a pain increase where I started prophesying to nations. That, uh, you know, the first time I prophesied to a nation, caught up in prophesied nation about judgment come nation. Now, this, this, will, this will slay your spiritual pigeon. I was at Disney World. Yes. For all you haters that hate, the Holy Ghost didn't have a problem. So if you want to be caught up in the heavens, you go to Disney World. Because I remember, you know, you know, I was praying. I got up early and I was praying and praying. And all of a sudden, pfft, I'm caught up above the earth. And I begin to prophesy to a certain nation. And I say, thus saith the Lord God. And I spoke to this nation. It says, unless you repent, judgment's coming. And, you know, and I gave them a warning. And then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, and you will see it's judgment in the news. And it came to pass. 
Very often the Holy Ghost will do that when you, you, you'll get, the Word of the Lord comes in. So evidently the Holy Ghost does watch the news. Because <laughs> more than once he said, and you will see it in the news, that it, it will be known, it, you know, in this. So it started to happen. But the, here in um, October 18, 2014, I was in the prayer meeting, and he said, Son of man, prophesy thou to this nation. Now, that is the first and only time the Holy Ghost referred to me as the Son of Man. You know, uh, the Word of the Lord would come and I would speak the Word of the Lord, but He said Son of Man. And so it was a different, a different way He addressed me. And I, I remember so clear being that prayer meeting. And I, I got up and people were praying. And I, I, I looked to the West. And I was going to prophesy to the West of this nation because we're in the East. And so I was going to prophesy the West. And plus everything happens out West. You know, Tulsa, you know, you know, Texas, California, all the things we read about happens there. We haven't had much of anything since Charles Finney up here. You know, we had Lilydale, we have, we had Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, you know, they all grew in the East, you know, but nothing, nothing Godward. And so, I remember just thinking, you know, nothing happens in the East. I'm going to prop, and plus we're in the East, I'm going to prophesy to the West. And the word of the Lord came in, no son of man, prophesy thou to the East Coast of this nation. And so, you know, it came as a shock to me. And I turned around and I, I said, hear ye, hear ye, East Coast of this nation, hear ye the word of the Lord. And I prophesy about the glory of God sweeping, starting in the East Coast, the East Coast. And sweeping to the west coast of this nation. And I prophesied the things that the prophet Joel prophesied about signs, miracles, wonders, shout, and it went on prevalent in, in about the last days and, and, and so forth. I just wish I would have a scribe to write these things down as they happen. After they happen, I got to kind of, what was that? And, and put bits and pieces together. But um, it's coming. It's coming. Again, I'm just, it, things are coming. We're, we're getting ready for this. Again, there's a reason. I'm a witness of these things. Now, can I give you one more thing that's been very, very interesting? Uh, you know, I, I have an archive, and it just it seemed like the Holy Ghost impressed me to tell you those things. But the last couple of weeks in prayer, I've always been a praying person. The Lord gave me an assignment to prayer. And, we're, and we'll talk about prayer because the word Lord happens in prayer meetings and stuff like that. And you read in the book of Acts, whenever the church prays, great and mighty things happen. That um, in prayer, I usually have my assignments as a watchman. There's certain people that I pray for that there's needs and, and we, we've been able to turn the situations around for people. Uh, there's many people that would have died that are now living and so forth. And it's, it's just a wonderful thing to be a secret agent. And you know, no one knows that you prayed for them and, and turned things around for them. And it's just thrilling to pray and to be used like that. But the last couple of weeks, it seems like all these assignments I've been praying for have been put on hold or in a secondary position. And there's been this Great burden. When I mean great, because usually, you know, there's, there's burdens and there's great burdens that for hours, sometimes, you know, such heaviness, I'd be calling out to the east, the east coast, the east, 
My wife can testify. Raise your hand if that's so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I almost don't want to go into prayer and get in the spirit because I'd like praying about the old other stuff and finding other people's stuff and what they're doing. You know, oh, okay. You know, about decisions and no, no, that's the wrong decision. No, that's sin. Don't touch that. You know, <laughs> that's only sitcom I'm allowed to watch is in the spirit, which y'all are up to. Yeah. But all that's been put aside. And now the East, the East, change, change, change. And uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's big. I know it's coming. And I told my wife, I don't know if it's a hurricane, because whatever it is, it's massive. I know that. It's, it's bigger than anything I've experienced before. It's massive. It's big. I don't know if it's a, a natural disaster or a blessing. I just know it's, it's like a hurricane. It may be both. It may be a, a, a natural disaster, but also a, a, the glory of God. I don't know. I, I, I don't have it clear yet. But all I know is the east, the east coast. And I believe it has to do with the fulfillment of that prophecy. Fulfillment of the end times. Now my time has gone away. But I will give you the introduction in the very next verse. Verse 28. So tonight we only got one verse done. We got to finish all these verses. Verse 28. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up to a mountain to pray. And we're, we're going to start with tomorrow. That even though Jesus prophesied it, nothing happened until they prayed about it. Eight days had passed. Jesus must be a false prophet. It ain't happening. But Jesus didn't just leave it as a prophecy alone. Jesus responded. He acted on that prophecy. He prepared that prophecy. And the, the greatest way you prepare is by prayer. And we're going to see tomorrow night that very often prophecies need prayer in order for them to be fulfilled. I'll just give you this. Remember that uh, Elijah, he prophesied there'd be no rain or dew until I say so, three and a half years. You read about uh, in, in 1 Kings chapter 18 that he told King Ahab, you know, prepare your chariot. There's a sound of abundance of rain. That's a prophecy. What did Elijah do after that prophecy? We saw that he cast himself in a fetal position and he prayed. And remember the servant came and says, he said, go see if something's coming. And there's nothing in the air. And he said, go check seven times. And he continued to what? Pray and pray and pray until the cloud showed up as a man's hand. Notice Elijah prayed until that prophecy was fulfilled. And we're going to see why sometimes things are delayed or don't happen as such. It's because we don't respond properly to the prophecies. 
Jesus in 1950 says we've now entered the area of the miraculous. But where's the miraculous? Jesus just didn't leave it to a prophecy. He prayed until that prophecy came to pass. I know this, the Spirit of God has showed me that uh, there's times that people may be questioning my prophecies over a church. That I saw in the Spirit was coming for them. And uh, they, you know, after it didn't come to pass for a year or two, they got kind of, you know, disgruntled. And the Holy Ghost said, it's because they haven't done anything about it. They haven't done anything about it. And so we're, we're going to talk about our part in this last day move. All of tonight was just a preparation for our homework that will be given tomorrow night. So that's my introduction. And so we'll start looking at my actual topic tomorrow night. All right. Were you helped or encouraged? I say to you, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And the Bible says that God's people will be ready and willing in a day of power. Ah, I see that. Kula do dore ustinda kula. Dreshtan do le dreshtun do ye. O bende kula. Mastan deas ia do do. Dreshtin deis toto. Now, bendia lo le do dre ye. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, saith the Lord God. There is a plan, there's a purpose. In the mind of God, the mind for all of my children, the mind for all my church, a mind, a plan, a purpose for the universal church. And how I desire my plans and my purposes to come to pass. But they don't come to pass just because I will it. It comes to pass as people desire, as people pray, and people bring the kingdom upon the earth. Through prayer, through confession, through faith, through preparation, the way of the Lord is prepared. So the word of the Lord says unto you, prepare ye, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Set yourselves to prayer. Set yourselves in that place of consecration and dedication. Set yourself as never before to seek me, saith the Lord. And they that seek me shall find me. They that seek me shall be rewarded diligently. For the time is nigh for these things to come to pass. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, you've said, but it just seems like I'm spinning my wheels. I, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, I've been trying this, I've been trying that, and nothing seems to change. So get out of that rut, says the Spirit of the Lord. How do you get out of that rut? Take time. To seek me. Take time to pray in other tongues. Take time to get my plan. My purpose. And my will for that endeavor. Does not the word of the Lord say. Unless the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain. And so do not labor in vain. It's not my will for you to, 
to spin your wheels and to labor and, and not have much reward and not much success. But get my plan, saith the Lord. Take time to seek me. And know this, when you get my plan, and my purpose, it will be light and easy. No more struggle, no more trouble. You'll, you almost would say, I, I just can't believe it would be this easy. That's what grace does. It makes it light and easy. And my plan, my purpose will always be light and easy as you follow me, saith the Lord of hosts. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We praise you. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I see that, Lord. I see. I see a change. Oh, yes. Yes, I see that. Melektori. Yes, dinukulinda. Kuli. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, coming. It's coming. And it can be already. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Melatori kuyishkin do kuli. Dra lo dra be li do re ne te hu. Yeah. Even the things now that you can walk in will simply amaze you. Yes, there's things coming down the pike. There's things that I've reserved in this last day, in this last hour. But there are things right now that are available to each and every one of my children as they walk in my ways, as they find my path and my plan for their life and tap into the grace that I have for them, that life would be simply amazing. They would never, ever think it could be so, so grand, so great. Have I not said I'm able to do exceedingly above all you ask or think? That's my way of doing things, saith the Lord of hosts. And so tap in, tap in. Well, how do I tap in? Oh, so easy. Spend time with me fellowship with me here from heaven one word from heaven will change your life forever thank you Lord Jesus we worship you we worship you we thank you for that we thank you for that yes many yes can we can we pray a little bit can we pray let's pray oh father Abaconia. Father, Father, we know these things are coming. We know there's things that we can tap into now. And Father, we've taken time just to seek you, to pray. Father, as Jesus took those disciples up to a mountain, pray. And we're going to look at that more tomorrow night. But Lord, we want to, we want to come up higher. We want to pray. And Father, we want to be smack dab in the middle of this last day move of God. We want to be smack dab in the middle of your plan, your purpose for our life. Oh, oh I see that. I see that, Lord. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yes, yes, yes. Lord, I was trying to pray, but uh, maybe I can just take care of that in prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, but... You, you have to understand, I'm speaking the spirit in this situation. That, that's not your, God's plan for you to be small like that. No, no, no. All living things grow. Mm, yeah, it's not my will to be small, but enlarge your heart. Ah, ah, yes, yes. I, if we always do what we always done, we always get what we always got. Yeah, 
And we just, we think that without a response that you're going to do something sovereignly uh, in our behalf. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we have to see. We have to see that. Lord, help that situation there. And, and Father, we're going to get back to prayer if that's all right. If we can all lift our voices and let's pray. And the decisions eto de tu ku li istinkunu ma ha ha ha. Oh, 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 my. I see, I see. Oh, let the reku iskiskendu kiga. Me pepeta, me pepeta, papadato, torekendo, tokitisa, toreku, namando, dretva, toreskusku, du lupelito, duku, no, 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 no. No, 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 you will not. You will not. You will not. Oh, oh, east, oh, oh, east, the east coast, the east coast, the east coast. Oh, 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 the east, the east, the east. Now, now, now see it. Now see it come to pass. And the colitori cool. Nestre neo o ist o o ist o o o ist bre ne lol bre cool bre ne sod bre now see now see that change now see that change each time we take Old East, East, Old, Old, Nebre, Ha, Ho, 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 East, 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 Ah, Old, Ne, Sot, Dre, La, Nod, Dre, Ne, Sud, Dre, Sis, Sis, Turn, 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 Ne, Dra, Good, Bed, Vitre, Kunima. Me pepe pepe totodi, breva bando dori culeto do tonariaco decisions, 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 decisions. Bre, oh, oh, east, 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 turn, turn, change, change, turn, turn, change, change. Oh, oh, bre, ne, sod, bre, cease, cease, turning, turning, changing, changing, hold, bre, now, yield, yield, hold, hold, yield, yield, hold, hold, 
you're praying. Ah, yes, isitikitika. Dre me be do do da drop me do do de do dre me de do do de istanto ku. He, yeah, many. Many will come and see. Many will come and see. Ah, oh, oh, pray. Oh, oh, ah, ah, what is that, Lord? Na le ne dre is o east east dre ne on east o o east East, east, turn, turn, change, turn, turn, change, turn, turn, change, turn, turn, change. Ha, yes, cease, 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 stop, cease, cease, oh, ha, oh, ha, oh, tendutukulima. Now, learn it, apieto toriku, bebindo papapato tori, driva bito toriku nenda, dresta nestendeto toriku nenda. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Uh, just for my own curiosity, those that are giving prayer, how many have been picking up the East, or is it just something I've been hitting on? I know my wife and I pray together and stuff like that, so, but it's coming. It's coming. I see that, Lord. I see it. I see that. Um, from the start of this year, like clockwork, January 1st, um, I don't know about you, but I, I was assaulted with attacks comically every day. Financial attacks, you know, situation to, I, I mean, it, it, it was laughable. Like every day, bam, 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 like clockwork. And uh, what is going on? Well, we, we understand this, that uh, the Bible says Satan knows when his time is short and what's coming that there will be an increase of satanic oppression. And uh, Reverend Greer and I uh, both saw it um, coming. And I don't know, to me, it came January 1st. I mean, I, I just laughed a lot because it, it, was, it was, in the words of my wife, it was redonkulous. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can just have one thing break down, but every day... You know, 3,000, 5,000, bam, 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 bam. And this situation, that situation. And I'm just laughing and laughing and laughing. And because and, uh, I, I know it's not by coincidence, but it, it was an attack. And, uh, and of course, to try to keep us from getting into certain things in, in life and in ministry. And of course, the key is you always win if you don't give in. Just keep marching. You laugh, keep marching, keep marching, keep marching. But with that being said, if you've been under spiritual attack, um, my wife and I have been seeing and praying a lot. There's a lot of oppression. You may not know oppression, just heaviness, oppression, or maybe it may be even physical or, or even in financial in, in, in nature. 
Um, it says when the enemy comes in like a flood, and it was like a flood, it says the Spirit of the Lord raises a standard. And there's anointing that breaks yokes. And if that's you, and you'd like to be ministered to, I, I, it's, you know, I just said that, and the, the anointing is, came into my hands. There's, there's anointing to, to help. You know, uh, if it's physical, financial, or whatever. I mean, and you've got to understand that money can be poor financial decisions, but, but there's some things that they're just a tax. That, and uh, since Satan is the godless world, he'll use the area of money to, to try to stymie you and, and keep you in check. And so if you'd like to be ministered to along those lines, uh, come on forward and just follow whatever the ushers. Ha. Uh, yeah, yeah, many, many, many. And remember, we're believing the reboot. Reboot. And this, you know, when we were praying, I saw this. I saw. Now, Father, you, you see these people coming up. Father, each one may have similar or different needs. But Father, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And Father, that office that I walk in, as I minister to them, to break that yoke, to break that bondage, to break that assignment. Ah, yeto konya. Ah, oh. Ah, Melapote. Ah, noto hiskiso torestin. Oh, oh, oh. Ah. I don't mean it stops, but you know, if you stick your, your hand in a light socket, you know, I know some of you go, oh, that tingles. But some, you know, it, because the power of God, oh, yeah, oh my, yeah, yeah, I see that, I see that, I break that, I break it, I break it, I break it. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Laughter, 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 laughter. Oh, 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 ah, 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 yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, yes. Metapoli bibidu. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for rebooting. Rebooting, changing. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, do I need to address that? Meditito. Brefe fendetoti.
Oh. I'm just going to take a break. Um, something Randy Greer uh, had mentioned, and I'm full agreement with, and he said, because of these end days, the faith that you had yesterday ain't going to work for today. You have to bump up your game. And with tests and trials, um, they simply reveal where your faith is at. You know, like, with, with everything that was going on in my life, I, I, I didn't like going 20,000 in the hole. <laughs> you know, but I laughed. And I, it was light and easy. I, I didn't get down. Well, you see, when you know the answer, the test is easy. When if I were to give you a test, one plus one is two, two plus two, you'd laugh. <laughs> That's easy. But if I were to give you calculus, or let me say this, if you were to give me calculus, I, I would sweat, I would fret, I would worry, and so forth. And so there is a need to come upon your faith. But also I see this. You have to understand that not every thought comes to your head is God. Right. And, and you, those thoughts that you have about others, your spouse, your situation, you've got to understand that is a harassing spirit. And I can break that, but it's just going to come back and harass you. You've got to identify. Just because you think that way doesn't mean that's you. Right, right. And so you have to identify. That's why the Bible says bringing captive every thought. Every thought into your mind. Ah, so Father, I, I, I got to get back in. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Nice done. Yeah, changes are coming. Changes, I see that. I see that. I see that, yeah. Oh, 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 
yes, yes, meli, melitisia, melitisia, melitisia. Prevendo hola. Ah, oh my. Prevendo pelepila. Prevefez. Reset. Reset. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, my master. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We have to help me to transition. Jesus, Jesus, holy and anointed one, Jesus, this is a good time we'll just kind of disconnect how about how about tomorrow night we just pick it up right from here and go we just plowed some ground and we we laid a foundation and we'll just go further and farther and we'll get everything that God has for each and every one well we certainly love you and again that's a beautiful thing that not only do I operate in other offices I'm also a pastor and as a pastor I understand you've got to get up in the morning I just love preachers that preach for five hours and have five-hour services, and uh, they sleep into noon while everyone else has to get up at five in the morning <laughs> and go to work, and they wonder why everyone's tired. So uh, why don't you come back, rest, get refreshed, and let, let's, let's believe God for everything this week. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed.